Episode 40, 2-1-B. Welcome to Star What the F***, the podcast where we talk about the Star Wars universe one useless fact at a time. My name is Marty Cobb, and with me today is the usual... Jason Tagmeyer. And Alex is out getting his hand replaced by a droid. Mm. Things things do not look good for Star uh, Luke's uh, Alex's vacation. Nor does it look good for Luke's hand. Alex has had the most interesting vacation, though. Yes, um, it's hardly a vacation, if one might say. So, another uh, hand-replacing droid uh, would be the subject of today's episode, 2-1-B, or otherwise known as 2-1-B. One is spelled with uh, numbers and letters, the other one is spelled with just letters. It's like how they spell out C-3PO and R2. Yeah, it's almost pointless. There's no reason to spell it out like that. There is. I guess someone has in some written publication, and that's why they do it. Exactly. Uh, but 2-1-B was a 2-1-B surgical droid that joined the Alliance to restore the Republic as a medic. He was highly success- sophisticated, belonging to the older yet remarkably astute 2-1-B series. Because of his intellect, 2-1-B was fiercely independent and morality-driven. His gentle touch can be attributed to his pre- precise hydraulic systems, which utilize several liquids at different temperatures. The best- that's, the, that's it. Several liquids at different temperatures. That's what you got to keep in mind. That's his important that's bit. A, that's the most important thing. Um, which actually makes sense, because uh, if you were to have a hydraulic system, the different temperatures would make a difference, because it would make it slower or hotter, mm-hmm. would change the speed of which that you would move. Uh, it seems archaic for a robot in the future, <laughs> admittedly, but it works, right? But the word I'm actually thinking most interested in is fiercely independent. Yeah, and morality-driven is an yeah. interesting one, too. Independent, though, is interesting, because that means he doesn't have an Oni. An owner. That's true. Or um, whatever they call owners. I imagine the droids have some really insulting term for owners that we, like we're not allowed to driver. say. Yeah, we're not allowed to say it, but they are. Uh, so if you don't know who he is from that vague uh, Expanded Universe description, um, Hoth, Luke gets attacked by the Wampa. He shows up, and... He's the one who's like kind of like controlling a panel in front of the back to tank that Luke's in. Yeah, it's him along with that like weird one that I think it's I can't remember the name, but the uh, the one that has just all the little arm things that stick out. Yeah, like, he's oops. not the one that I'm seeing. He's just a blue robot with the like almost like a skull style face. Yeah, uh, he's got like sorrowful eyes. His eyes face downward, giving him sort of a like a a much more calming look. Yeah. Like, but, like, he's still kind of creepy. Uh, but he's, he's like, human-shaped. The other one is, uh, it's actually FX7. Yeah. Is the one that's just, like, a, like a... Bunch of arms. Like a trash can with a bunch of arms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's 2-1-B, and you see him later again, uh, when Luke's arm, uh, when his hand gets cut off and he has to, he has to fix his hand. 2-1-B is very good at medical stuff, is what we're saying. <laughs> what that basic, what, he shows up anytime. Luke needs medical attention at this point. Which is interesting, which means he sticks with sticks with them. Yep. He's, you know... In fact, if I recall, there's a tidbit, I don't know where it is, but um, that Luke... Oh, here it is. Luke Skywalker was so impressed with the droid skill and expertise that he specifically requested him to treat the wounds he sustained in his battle with Darth Vader on Bespin. I be, You know, so, like, I, 
I got wounds, my hand was cut off, I really need someone to get. Can you get that 2-1-B droid? Well, Which one? 2-1-B. Uh, Which one? The one that's a, like like a person. It's morality driven. The 2-1-B. <laughs> it's fiercely independent. It's just, he's part of the 2-1-B series, but his name is 2-1-B. So 2-1-B yeah. is an independent droid, good sir. He's a strong, independent droid. Um, however, that kind of makes sense, in the sense that, like, it's like requesting your favorite doctor. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, my hand is broken, and I have a hand doctor, or something. Yeah. Like, and that's that's fine. But he's um, not only a hand doctor, because he helps him in that tank. He does, he does. He's a, he's a surgical droid, which doesn't make a lot of sense for him to be working a back the machine, but I'm sure that all droids know a lot about medical stuff anyway. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if even R2-D, if, um, R2-D2 or C-3PO knew a lot of medical information as well. I think R2-D2 would refuse it and C-3PO would say... Like, he would say... He would they, stress out about it more than he'd actually do it. Like, they would know the information, but they wouldn't be able to do anything. You know, like, in the sense that, like, you know, if you have inform- if you have extra space... I mean, what's-his-name has to keep, what, six, three billion languages yeah. in his head, but... Uh, six million form of communication. I apologize. I should have known that right away. There's a photo of two one B performing a necropsy on a dead tauntaun. Yeah, I want to know about that. I've I, never seen is that, that. Is that a cut scene from uh, Empire? It's amazing. It's <laughs> I've never seen that before that in must, my life. That must be either a cut scene from Empire where he's examining the tauntaun. For any implications of something, yeah, is that even, is that the same tauntaun that Luke was in the belly of? I'm assuming so. So it's got a cut through it. But let's that could talk be the about Two One B's life. Is there a lot to say about Two One B's life? Uh, a little bit. Uh, he first started out serving the Empire. Whoa, that's crazy. On the planet Ferro, Ferro, good for F-I-R-R-O, that. which we've talked about before. Have we? I feel like we have because I think I always pronounce it Ferro, like F U R R O. But Furrow... Furrow... Fero? Fero. Fero's a Pokemon. Uh, yeah, so this is just... I guess the only thing about it is Lord Kuvir was the governor. So I guess we may not have talked about that. No. There's probably one that's slightly different name. We might have said it before. Um, but he was tasked with providing medical care to the civilians there that were injured by the Imperial atrocities. Wow. Okay. That's dark. Yes. That's a uh, sucky that's job. Cool. That's a really sucky job, and probably just, worse than my job. It was a thankless job to mop up after what the Empire had left of the people there. Yeah, really. Well, at least they had the decency to have them have him come out. They that's true. That's it. that's better than nothing. That's like better than what we do in some countries. Like this is harsh. After months of treating an unending parade of wounded, the number of people coming to see him began to decrease as the Empire settled in for a long occupation of the planet. Thank. It was then that the talented medical droid came under the notice of Lord Cuvier, the governor. Um, and and he stuck with him for a little while. Uh, the he he was distressed at having to leave large numbers of wounded, and disapproved of his new master's overbearing ways, but was forced to serve him faithfully. Uh, his overriding uh, his programming directive. So his his like his mind and heart were going against his directive, which is something very odd about the Star Wars droids. Um, yeah, we program the droids. They program the droids in the Star Wars universe. They give them sentience. They are living, true creatures, and then program stuff on top of that to make them like do stuff. If it, like 
you have what you want to do, but here's what you have to do. And not only do I tell you that you have to do it, I make it so you have to do it. Yeah, it's it's the difference. Well, it's a difference between you being my boss and telling me to do it, and I have to do it because I have a job. Yes. Or, but or it's it's the difference between that and telling me what to do, and I have to do it because you own me. Yeah. <laughs> and because I am literally forced to do it thanks to some hypnosis. Like, this is, like, it's, it's, they have free will, and on top of that is this thing preventing them from yeah. using it. Like, it's really interesting. It's, it's really odd, and the droids all have this, it, and it's such a confusing thing to do if you don't, if you treat your robots like garbage. Yep. Like, why would you even bother to program something with sentience if you're not going to allow it to have independence? So, at one point, Tuwumbi has his chance. Uh, he accompanied Lord Kuvir on a visit to, planet, uh, to the planet War Tandel. And while inspecting the medical facilities, he witnessed the assassination of Lord Kuvir at the hands of one of the governor's aides. Uh, he attempted to treat the mortally wounded Kuvir uh, as, as his programming required. Despite he, being the most evil thing being he had ever encountered. So he, he's a man of his programming. He had uh, what a is droid it? of his work. Uh, he's a uh, droid of his programming. He's fiercely independent and morality driven. Oh. So. Um, <laughs> The uh, he the aide was an undercover rebel agent, uh, Tay Vanis. Uh, surprise! Uh, Tay Vanis is my favorite <laughs> Star Wars character. <laughs> uh, he was forced to kill the governor to protect the mission, and Tuwambi believed him, having long dreamed about the rebellion. So he accompanied him. And wait, ha- wait. This gives the robot the same backstory as Luke, doesn't it? He's like the best medic in his planet, and he's like, um, I'm gonna join the. Rebel one day. Tuwumbi learned that Darth Vader was his father. No. Um, <laughs> so he accompanied him, he joined the Rebel Alliance, and eventually he ended up on Hoth with his good buddy FX7, who is the uh, the trash can with arms. Good buddy. Uh-huh. I imagine if FX7 doesn't have a lot to say. Tuwumbi was named Chef of Surgery. I mean, Chief of Surgery. The chef of Surgery. I, I want to be Chef of, I want to be chef, chef of Surgery. <laughs> Could you imagine me the Chef of Surgery? There, I'm sure there is such a thing. It's, it's the guy that makes food for it's the, just the surgeons. the guy who works in the hospital or cafeteria. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, likes that, to call himself Chef of Surgery. I would absolutely call myself Chef of Surgery if I worked at a hospital cafeteria. Could you imagine working at the hospital cafeteria... Write down on your resume, chef of surgery, and say that you uh, handle delicate uh, specimens and this and that, which is all truth, and get a job as a surgeon. Just because of that missing letter I. Yeah, just because you, people thought it was a mistake. You skipped that letter I and were completely vague in what you do, which all resumes are anyway. I read them you know, as part of my job. Um, so that's how he became part of the, alliance, the, the Rebel Alliance, and he stuck with them. Uh, through uh, at least through Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah, um, I he doesn't uh, he uh, oh he continued to serve the New Republic after four ABY. So after uh, what's it called? Nothing of importance happened after that. All his important stuff happened in the beginning. So what that means is this is ripe for uh, EU fan fiction material. Yes. How what happens to Two Wumbi after episode three? Two, four, six, uh, yeah. five. He does appear in episode six. I guess five was the... Does he appear in six? Yes. He just says, I, I, I don't know where, I don't he remember. He served during the Battle of Endor? Probably. He's probably on a ship somewhere. Nobody gets hurt, really, in that movie, so we don't really see anybody, so... Uh, so, episode seven? Episode seven? I would like to see T1B in episode seven. I would, too. I actually really would. I think T1B's really cool looking. I would like to see someone reprogram him to go back to the, uh... 
the dark side. It would be interesting to have one that's like an assassin. That's like he follows like Kylo Ren around. And yeah. Uh, you know, I would. I just want to see that now. But he struggles with his his internal desire. What if you really messed with his desire and you? He's got this desire to to be good, but what if you just tell him what you're doing is good? Does he know? Exa- I, I don't know. If you're not evil, if you're if, not if with me, truly, you're my enemy. This is this is just going to bring up free will in the, in this argument. It's it's going it's not going to end. <laughs> so you know what though, I do want to bring up one uh, before we. I, I would say before we continue on to other two one bs, I do want to bring up a couple of little background facts. One of which is fascinating to me. He gets he got named in a Star Wars mall. Uh, he had a his own regular column in the Star Wars magazines. Wait. He had a column. He wrote his own column. Okay. In this short-lived feature, he would respond to reader mail. Is this Star Wars Insider magazine? <laughs> various Star Wars magazines. Jeff Quick used to be the editor of that and may have some insight to this. Oh, we should do that. <laughs> I, should, I, I should ask him. He was portrayed as having a large ego, constantly mocking FX7, so... I would do the same. Yeah. And was claiming that he was the rebellion hero of the rebellion for such acts as saving Luke Skywalker, which I would argue is probably correct in some way. This wow. was referenced by Daniel Wallace with the quote that accompanied 2-1-B's entry in the New Essential Guide for Droids. So they mentioned this. The article was a response concerning how Mara Jade, an expanded universe character, was given a model on the cover of the uh, Star Wars Insider, while 2-1-B, a character who was actually from the films, never given a cover shot. Um, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah. We should pull some of them up and, and, and read them. However, uh, the one that fascinates me the most that I need to talk about is you might not recognize the name, but I do. Two One B was voiced by Charles Martinet in the game Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. It's a me, Two One B. Exactly. For those of you who don't know, Charles Martinet is the voice of Mario in all wow. games N sixty four and on. That is crazy. That to seems me. like such a str- well. We don't know what he sounds like. That's true. Mar- Charles Martinet probably doesn't sound like Mario all no, the time. No, we don't know what Two One B sounds it's like. True. I haven't played Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. I think it's the same game that. Uh, What's that killer Ewok we talked about a couple weeks ago? Uh, not the poet Tebow. Not the not the poet Tebow. <laughs> um, I don't remember. There was a killer Ewok that was appeared in the game. I think it's that game. I find that fascinating. I I, I it's it's a me, a one doobie, two one be. I'm a gonna heal you up now. It's like so, Doctor Mario. This is the one that I find the most interesting. Uh, two two one B units were seen working on Darth Vader uh, on Coruscant at the end of Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Neither of them are intended to be the same as the two one B in Empire Strikes Back uh, that heals Luke's injuries. Then why bring it up? There's another article for that. Well, I would say they should be the same because that's really interesting. Because we know that it used to be, you know, it could have been pre saving or saving the life of or going along with. You know, to to planet uh, whatever it was called, uh, Ta- uh, War Tandel. Like I was going to remember War Tandel, uh, but that could have happened. Lord Kuvir could have happened in those post Episode Three era, yeah. pre Episode Four era that we are going to see on film at some point soon. That would be cool if it actually was two on B. That would be cool, but nope, they squashed that. Well, they squashed that, but to be fair. They did the same thing with R two D two and R and C three PO, and they shouldn't have done that. I think I feel, yeah, where they shouldn't have had any. They shouldn't have been in the prequels. My yeah, thought. I guess if they made it the same, it, yeah, it, it it would 
I just don't like them saying it's not the same. Yeah. So it leaves up to your imagination. That's true. I mean, I think it's neat that it would be the same. If he was wearing a name tag that said 2-1-B, it would be a... I would probably freak in the theater. I'd be like, holy crap. Well, see, that's that, like... But... You know. If they if they left it open... It but to be nice. fair, to, 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 um, as well, to what you're saying, this one would be more interesting than knowing what R2-D2 and 3-3PO were up to to begin with. <laughs> like, like, they shouldn't have been in that... But 2-1-B, I wouldn't have minded, because... It's too unbe. It's not like he's an important character. So that leaves a, a, an interesting question for you. Do you think um, C-3PO and R2-D2 are going to be in the entire sequel trilogy? Yes. Because they are the only ones that were in all six. They are our rocks, our stones, our guides, our... I would say that Anakin Skywalker Darth Vader was in all six... Um, but he's obviously not going to be in no, he's the next next. three. We already saw that. Are the droids going to be? I and still think yes, but here's my art. But I don't think you're going to see them that much because we have a replacement droid for R2 in some way. We have the cooler, newer, fresher, smaller. Yeah, we have BB-8. Um, and I think that um, while uh, we will see R2-D2, of course, obviously, and I and I want to see some a scene with R2-D2 and B. BB-8, where they argue back and forth. Oh, that's definitely happening. And it's going to be both cl- like shooting for like C three Rio's. And you know it's going to be adorable. Yes. And it's and it's going to be memorable because of that. And they're going to hate each other. And I, I think to see like R two like crawl up and yeah. like hop up there, and then BB eight just wheel on by, and it's just like exactly shows anyway. how old he is. Because and I think it's really that like. R2-D2 and C-3PO are going to appear in those movies because they're the only characters that we can put in these movies and not have to worry about age. It's true. Because you can always put somebody else in the cost in R2-D2 and C-3PO's costume. How dare you. And then Anthony Daniels can play the voice on top. How dare you say that. I, you know, I'm not, everybody, there's only one voice. I don't voice. even know if he's in the costume. I don't <laughs> even know. He I probably think he is, is just the voice yeah. in the most recent. But, there's there's, always, so here's the second question along the same lines as that. Tell me something uh, important that C-3PO or R2-D2 do in the original trilogy. Something important, that some impact they made on the trilogy. Oh, they they launched the whole thing. It's the only reason why Luke left the, okay. the planet. G- give me another one. R2-D2 is helpful in the navigation of the ship. So from a story perspective, it doesn't matter. But uh, more and, and the third one, I would say, is uh, they stopped the trash compactor. Yep. You know, that's... The, the importance of them is not... Plot-wise, the importance of them is comedic well, relief. I was going to ask you the same thing about the prequel trilogy. Tell me something that they do... Nothing. ...that impacts the tre- prequel trilogy. I guess they ha- R2 helps in ships, same thing as that. I mean, that's his role. Yeah. But I can't recall any. And I, there's got to be. There has yeah. to be. There, ha- but, there probably I mean, is, but like in the sense that they are comedic relief, but they're not... It's like not Anakin subtle or... Like Anakin C-3PO, yeah. but there's no... There's no reason for him to do that. That's the thing. Yeah, they, I don't see the... And they don't serve the same comedic relief function because it's less, it's broader comedy, so it doesn't work as well. So I think J.J. Abrams and the the following directors, their, their important thing that they have to worry about is, one, we want to use them for comic relief, but two, we need to make it so it makes sense that they're still there. Yeah. Because it didn't make a, a ton of sense. It especially doesn't make any sense that they're there in the first trilogy because Obi-Wan says, I don't remember owning a droid before. Yeah. You know, so it just makes no sense that they were there. They they didn't have to be the rock. Yeah. You know, that that holds the trilogies together. And I would argue that they aren't. 
Yeah. Because they're just there, but they're not doing much. They're important from an audience perspective. And I see why they were in the films. I'm not going to sit there and, like, I think they shouldn't have been in the prequels. But I, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was a terrible decision. Because... No matter what, they were going to show up somewhere. No, I, I liked seeing them in the prequels, but yeah. I want to make sure that if they're in the sequels, which we know they are, yeah. that they it, have purpose. That there is purpose. Yeah. Well, you see, it makes sense to carry C-3PO around as a protocol droid. And it makes sense to carry R2-D2 around as an astromech droid. I see there's a logic for the characters to bring them around, but there's not a lot of logic from a story perspective to really yeah. even do that. And I'm not saying that they need to be there. They just need to show up for like 10 minutes. And I'll be satisfied. Um, I I think we we want them there. Is the is the thing? Yeah. Because I think that even now we would look we look back at the prequel series and we know better. But even if back then, if we didn't see one of them show up, it would have been a bigger deal. Yep. Um, it w- we would have we would have said that they where were they? You know, we would have. We right, would. and like, now that's that's out there. Yeah. And, I mean, we. I mean, we can we can look back at all we want, but we know that when we look back, I, I can I can complain about the prequel trilogy is all I want, but we can look back and we realize that we would have asked for things that would have been a terrible ideas back then, and yeah. we would have been then we would have looked back on them and been like the that things was a that terrible. people like like the origins of Boba Fett. Yeah. you know what I mean. We would like, have asked for Boba Fett. We course. would have asked for that, you know. And now that we got it, we complain. But I think uh, people want to know more about the. Force, but then when we get it, you know, which I don't want to know more about this force. Now that I don't think do people know. did want to know more about the force. I think people, and I don't think people wanted the origins of Boba Fett. We just wanted Boba Fett. Yeah, and that's the thing is that there's a difference between there's still like you could still get what you want. We could have still had R two D two and C three PO in the films, and we wouldn't have complained as much. I think greater, if we had done it right, I think a greater issue than all of it is an origin story isn't that great. Yeah. It's not the greatest part of their life. You no. know, the greatest part of their life is the story you want to see, the biggest thing that they've ever done. We Where don't need to know the origins from of that. Can maybe. be told. Yeah. It doesn't need to be seen. Yeah, it's it's less it's less important because especially when we're talking about characters who live in a universe that is not our own and we don't need to know. Especially when like you see Luke Skywalker goes blows up the Death Star, fights his father, his father cuts his hand off, you find out he's his father, and then you learn about where his father was born. Tell me which one of those you want to see. Where they were born and, 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 and him growing up, or yeah. all of that awesomeness. Like, and, I mean, that's the, 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 the flaw in, a, in an origin story. Yeah, and the origin story... I mean, the origin story is the origin of sort of Luke in the first film, in theory. But, like, we don't need to know that much. We don't really need to, because the main thing is... It, we kinda, it takes 45 minutes to get off of the planet... But that's but not essentially would, the... So the origin story of Luke might be ten years before that. That's true. We Do don't want to see that. No. Uh, and it really isn't because we, that's when he learns about the Force like, and gets like, all his powers. Yeah. I mean, but we might see that in this Obi-Wan trilogy. We true. Well, no, because... Which I want to see now, so I'm contradicting myself. Well, no, no. There's no origin story in the Obi-Wan story. No, the Obi-Wan trilogy... We already know the Obi-Wan stories. The Obi, the, 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 the rumored Obi-Wan right. trilogy is about him uh, and when Luke's young, post-episode okay. three. See, I still think that's terrible. I, I wouldn't include Luke at all, but that's me. Um, but that's because I think having Luke is a terrible idea because one that introduces a kid or a teenager... And it also makes the whole thing a little more muddled. I think, like, he should know about Ben. They should have met. But there should be nothing else. Well, I think it it should just simply be, like, a scene or two. Besides, we the uh, we already know what um, the canon version is, thanks to that Korean comic. Which this is, is canon. We looked that up, people. It's, it, it's pretty fun. It was really good. Um, 
So, back to 2-1-B. Yep. We should... I want to talk about the actual droid itself. Like, the... 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 The, uh, the, the piece actual, that they use in the film. The 2-1-B surgical droid, which is a type of model of an advanced medical droid, popular across the galaxy to those that can afford them. At some point, 2-1-B typically cost 4,300 credits. Is it a lot? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, it was humanoid. Uh, it had the translucent toro, torso sheath, which is the coolest part of it is that, that open belly area. Yeah. It's really interesting. I've never seen its legs. It has these like, like uh, really interesting feet. Yeah, the uh, the version that you see on um, if you, on, on the article is a three D model. Yeah, it's really neat looking. It's, it's really pretty good looking, and it fixes the issues with the eyes that the actual thing had. Um, there are some issues with the eyes that look a little weird. As you would expect, it has different. You can have different appendages. You can have like the needle arm and the um, you know whatever kind of arm you needed. Yeah, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have a needle arm, but. Oh, Instead of grabbing the needle? Yeah. I guess if you're shooting lots of needles at one point? Yep. Uh, or if something in, in that arm helps with the needle. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're really neat looking. I, 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 I always love my 2-1-B toys. Um, which we'll get into toy talk. Yeah, because I, I, I do want to talk about at least one other 2-1-B. Uh, oh, do you know of another? I do know of one other. Is his name 2-1-B? Yeah. Well, no, actually. He has a nickname. What is it? Uh... Another 2-1-B unit was known was the medical droid known as Waste. W-A-S-T-E. Whoa. Is um, that like a like like a 90s character? No, no. This was a 2009 <laughs> or 2008 book. Okay. Um, and uh, he was called Waste because uh, the main the character, who I guess would be the main character, Zahara Cody, referred to him as a waste of time and a waste of space. Hmm. Because, or, or a waste Sounds of... Sounds like a stand-up guy. Or a waste of money. I can't remember exactly okay. why she calls it. But I remember it was because it was a waste of something. Um, and uh, it was an affectionate nickname waste after a while. Waste of programming. I know. So too, which is like, programming is like... Like, you can repeat programming. So to waste programming, it's really going to be a waste. Yeah. 2-1-B. That served on the Imperial Prison Barge, Purge. Uh, and it was treat- attempting to treat those infected with the Blackwing virus. And the droid was aboard, destroyed on the board in one BB-1 by a zombie. Was that the droid that, that was with Darth Vader? No, no. See, here's what it was. They, I mean, it could be, but... Um, it seems more likely if it's already, you know, on an Imperial prison barge. Um, however, what it is is that the uh, 2-1-B waste was uh, in the story Death Troopers. Which is uh, one of the more interesting Star Wars books, if okay. you're interested. It's one of the ones I'd recommend if you want something very different from Star Wars. Yeah, just looking at the cover, it looks like it looks like Saw the Star Wars book. It is the first Star Wars mature rated novel, so there's a cuss word in it. Um, and there's a and it's got some violentish scenes. It's not more violent than anything else, really, but um, it's a it's the zombie book. Of Star Wars. Yeah. It was back when zombies were the biggest thing in the universe, while it's now just the mildest biggest thing in the universe. Yep. Um, it's an interesting book. The zombies are well done. They are interesting. There's some weird stuff going on. The zombies learn, which is fascinating. They start piloting spaceships near the end. They uh... Uh, they start they start learning to shoot guns out of the spaceships. And then eventually, they, they would have learned if they, uh, if they caught them. But, and they had like a hive mind thing. It was really weird. This is who they suggested for. Uh, if you were a child of the 70s who grew up with the original Star Wars trilogy and really digs horror in the vein of The Shining and Alien, 
with a little dose of William Gibson mixed in. So, I'm a child of the 70s. I grew up with the original Star Wars trilogy. I don't dig horror. I've never seen Shining or Alien, and I don't know who William Gibson is. So I guess I'm not reading Death Troopers. No. But if you do, uh, it seems like it does that well. It does, and it's not bad. It's 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 not bad. I would recommend the audiobook, actually, if you're going to listen to it. I would actually... If you're going to do anything Star Wars novel-related, get the audiobook. Because at this point, if you're spending the time reading it, you could be spending the time reading better novels. The, the one thing I can say about this is I like the names in the book so far. Trig Longo and Kale Longo. Oh, yeah, no, no, this book... Seem, they seem close to what we hear. Jareth Sartorius is fine. Uh, or our A-U-R... M-Y-S-S, Our Mist is a good name. Bisley Cloth, Von Longo, Zahara Cody. Zahara Cody sounds a little trendy. Yeah. Uh, but... No, they, they, the one thing that this book does well is it feels like Star Wars. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, like, it doesn't evolve into anything. The sequel doesn't feel like Star Wars, um, uh, which is uh, Old Republic themed. But that's because it's Old Republic, and Old Republic doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. But yeah. this is... Classic Star Wars, Imperials, no Jedi. You're just, Han Solo's in it, right? Han Solo's in it. He probably shouldn't be, but <laughs> it's another issue. But to be completely honest, he works in it. Okay. Like, it's kind of fun to have him go around shooting zombies. And Chewbacca gets infected, and there's a reference to Life Day. Is there? It's great. No, is the, it Life Night? No, what happens is there's a chapter. Death Night? <laughs> the best chapter in the book is Chewbacca gets infected with the virus. And then... Uh, they have to. They try to cure him, but the what it is is that in uh, the zombie viruses affect uh, aliens differently than it does humans. The humans turn into zombies, but the and the aliens do as well. But like they, uh, the, the Wookies, which there's another Wookie that you see in the scene, uh, they their tongues swell up to huge proportions and like start to fall out of their mouths uh. and like it bursts open their throat and it's really dark. But um, uh, and it starts to happen to Chewbacca, and it's going through his mind as it happens. And there's a whole thing about how, uh, like, life, uh, him thinking back on Life Day, and like how Life Day is That's meaningless weird. and dark, and it's like you should call it Death Day or something. I don't remember. It's not great, but the, do they I, say that line? <laughs> no, they don't. But they should. It's 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 a great chapter in the sense that like it's fascinating, and a reference to Life Day is hilarious to yeah. me. Um, and uh, it's well done. I would recommend the book if you're looking for something Star Warsy, but not Star Warsy enough. Um, uh, so the one thing I wanted to say about uh, Tuwumbi himself is he almost has that like it's obviously not somebody in a suit. The mm-hmm. arms are too thin. Uh, the the center chest, the belly is all open, clear. So it's obviously like a propped up IG88 style like marionette or whatever yep uh and it doesn't really move too much in the films it doesn't move very well it moves it's very rigid and it seems like the arms just kind of bend at the elbows and when you see him in the background of the scenes uh, at the the end of empire uh he's just kind of standing still not even moving at all uh and that might be good for a droid it's not gonna waste any energy uh but it if you read it that today it would have some some uh at least some movement to it it looks and what that does is, for a character, you expect this to be a very skilled uh, surgeon. He moves very... Like, I can move yeah, much better than he can. He has an awkward movement to him. They they all do. All the droids that, uh, uh, in the Star Wars universe, probably beyond R2-D2 and C-3PO, all kind of have a bit of a standing still quality. I mean, yep. maybe in the, in the prequels, they kind of move about, because it can do CGI, but... And I understand why they do that. It always just looks awkward when you look back on them and go, that thing was supposed to be a surgeon? Yeah. 
but then again, all of the surgeon droids are terrible because even like the like the long black ones with the little arms. Yep. Um, that you see fix up our uh, that also fix up Darth Vader. Like those things wouldn't be able to perform surgery. Those things can barely do whatever they're supposed to do. Exactly. Like anyway, because it just like it doesn't look good. That was made in the modern era, though. Those are just <laughs> terrible looking surgeon droids. Uh, but two one B makes more sense. But it makes does make more sense to have a surgery droid that doesn't look human to me. So are we ready for toy talk? I am ready for toy talk. Toy, toy talk. talk. I know of a few. 2-1-B, 3 3 quarter inch action figures. Whoa. The original was uh, very blue. It was back in the uh, Empire Strikes Back line, sometime after that by Kenner. Um, and it was just, it was very, very stiff, straight, standing tall, and blue. It's it's cool. It's it's He has that, that thing that connects his mouth. I don't even know what it is. It's like a tube that goes from his mouth down. And it, it, it was very good. Then they made uh, the better figures a couple years later, and paired his color down a little bit so he's that that he's like the, the grayish gray blue color, yeah. and, and and he looks right and he's got cool little thing on the end of his arm that could I, be the needles now i want to apologize like right away that long tall thing that we see fix up r2d uh that's uh uh what's his name is also in the original trilogy so which one the uh, fx7 yeah i was thinking of fx7 i got it confused with something else um fx7 is still terrible fx7 is terrible <laughs> uh, one of the things I and there are FX7 action figures. I know and, I'm looking at one right now. They look terrible. You would push the leg arm things in, and they don't stay in. Uh, uh, man, the, one of my favorite two Wombies they made was a Kubrick figure. And if you don't know about Kubricks, they're kind of squashed, um, you know, block style figures, but they're not squared off or anything. But they're they're uh, they're you know they're designer figures. They're very cool. They're artistic representations of the characters. Uh, in a in a little bit of a different style. If you've ever seen Bear Bricks, they they kind of come from from the design of Bear Bricks. I feel like Kubricks would be more popular than Bear Bricks, but go on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess Bear Bricks are just all the same. No, so I, that kind of defines the style. Kubricks are cool though. I, uh, I, I agree. Yeah, I love Kubricks. Uh, other than that, they made a mini bust of of two one B, and it's. Pretty interesting. That Kubrick, I, you know, you're, I just want to say that Kubrick is awesome. Yeah, Kubrick's are great. Those are awesome. Uh, the mini bust is interesting because it doesn't particularly look like the character's shape. Like yeah. it's weird. It has like its its body is very wide going down. Doesn't look exactly like its shape. It almost looks like just something you'd stick on your desk. That uh, I don't know. It would be it'd be something I'd put on my desk. It's, I'd it's do highly it. detailed. The eyes don't look. It right, just though. doesn't have the compassion of two one B. Yeah, it looks more like. Sludge or what was his name? Waste. Waste. <laughs> I would waste. is probably a little rounder. Um, there's also a minifig. There is a minifig that kind of looks like him. It's more accurate. It's actually way more accurate than a minifig probably used should be. It's like the the minifig style of like the Droidica, or the 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 battle droids and all, where they where they molded a a torso and head all into one piece. Yeah. Like the the battle droids and the although he could have just been a regular style head and and body, yeah, technically, but his arms are too thin, so you couldn't do that. Absolutely, there's something awesome that they did about that minifigure, though. What his left arm is just a hole, like it's like a like a square with a with a Lego shaped hole that you could put things into, so you could change his little tools and things like That's that. That's awesome. Yeah, that is like there was a. Was it Man at Arms or there was a no uh, Mechanic or there was one of the Masters of the Universe figures that had 
interchangeable arms and you can put in different sort of weapons and stuff and Sweet. that's like the best toys ever when they have a hand that can be changed into anything well yeah that's yeah. like the best parts of like when you buy like um uh uh when you buy like the uh what's it called um the uh the the largles Largles? Largles. Uh, when you buy, like, the super expensive figures, they always come with, like, four arms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you could replace, so you can put, like, one hand open or one thing. Exactly. Um, so I am looking through some of these things, by the way, as I keep going through. Um, I don't know if any of these are official, but we do know that... I'm going to see if this one is real, because uh, this one's fascinating, if not. Um, there's the... Oh, custom Atari figures. So... There's this custom Atari figure that's uh, Yar's Revenge from the cover oh, of Yar's yeah, Revenge. Oh yeah, Yar's Revenge. Two one B body on with a with a with a. Is that made by? It looks like something made by Sucklord. Yeah. It's not funny enough to be made by Sucklord, but it, it's in the style of Sucklord, where you know they they take they do like a mashup of things. They have the uh, the Gay Empire, which is the Pink Stormtrooper. It wouldn't um, surprise me. Yeah, the Sucklord stuff is amazing. I have no idea what the context of this image, but there you go. That's a card back of... Is that Charlie Sheen? <laughs> is it? It looks <laughs> kind of like it's, him. It might be one of, the, one of the relatives. Or is that Martin Sheen, it maybe? It Martin Sheen. That's probably a little bit older. It looks very 80s. And for some Martin reason... Sheen with a 2 one stuck to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. It doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm very confused. Uh, so look for that one online. <laughs> yeah, as I keep scrolling through, they just keep coming up. Um, There's a lot of... Lot of 2 one like... I don't know. It's a very cool design. It's it's almost like up there with IG eighty eight. You know, yeah. it's one of the most recognizable droids I find. But yeah. you know, I'm an idiot. So uh, I think we can head to our final question. Now the real question is: before we go on to finish toy talk, though, can I get my can I still get the free Neon Nub if I buy the figure with two one B? Yeah, with two one B. Yeah, sure. Call that number and they'll they'll send you one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> on, 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 now we're done toy talk and like you said final question um, so the final question for 2-1-B if you um, were somebody who owned one of these highly uh, regarded 2-1-B droids and he had that little little arm that could you could take things out and insert them in um, instead of a needle and instead of the other things that we see what would be the most useful thing you would put in that arm would be the most useful thing besides a needle? Yeah, and this could be medical, non-medical. You own this droid. Uh, keep in mind, he's going to want to try to be good and not evil. So Okay, so I can't put, put a anything, gun in there. Don't put a gun in there. But if I did... <laughs> don't put a vibroblade in there. Uh, well, actually, a vibro... Um, s- s- uh, little... Um, scalpel would make sense, actually. That would, but I said don't, so... Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to put a flamethrower. He can cauterize wounds with it. Nate B. And uh, fight off the alien hordes if I need him to. So I'm torn between two different things. One is a pencil sharpener. Ooh. Because... You know, that's, that's, more, that's more practical than my flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing more annoying than when your pencil, sharp, your pencil breaks and you got to get up and go sharpen it. So I'd be like... To one B. Get over here. I'm going to hold my... I don't even have to put the pencil in. I hold it up and he puts that around the pencil. And then that's it. Done. Yeah. That or some sort of hot dog cooker. I have a hot dog toaster. 
Yeah, I can, that's I kind of what it reminds arm. me of. Yeah, like, I, could, I could convert it into an arm for you. But I would want that pencil sharpener arm. That might not be the most important. It's kind of specific. But if you're an artist, you know what? Working on location, I would turn that like that open chest area thing, rotisserie chicken machine. So he's food one B. <laughs> food one <No>. B. <laughs> well, no, because if, if, if I was practical, I don't really need a medical droid that often. No, we need a, we need a food droid. <laughs> yeah, so food droid makes more sense. And if he had a rotisserie chicken in my in his in his uh, chest, I'm sure I'd probably probably better. Isn't for there me already a cooking droid in the universe? There probably well, Dex's diner had a waitress. That's true. There probably is a cooking droid. There. What about uh, the holiday special? The cooking. Uh... Was there, there was no cook. No, that was a lady. Yeah, I know. That was uh, Harvey Corman, wasn't it? That just, that just brings back horror thoughts. <laughs> I would want a droid before I'd want that. You, yeah, I agree. Completely. I would want a cooking droid in general, because I'm the worst at cooking ever. Yeah, me too. I'm terrible. So, you know what? Let, let's give him a hot dog cooker, and a flamethrower, and a pencil sharpener. Yeah. And a rotisserie chicken in his chest. And now he's got three arms. <laughs> <laughs> I will give him three arms. <laughs> yeah. I, There's no need for him to have two. Yeah. See, give him all the arms. Maybe, you know, we'll buy an FX7 and do That's, that. Yeah, there you go. We'll put the FX7 on the side. That can, <laughs> that can, can And help then the out. 2-1-B can heal us if we ever die. Maybe that's why they hang out. You know, FX7's got all the extra arms that 2-1-B wishes he had. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, he is independent thinking, morality driven. That makes driven. more sense. Yeah, 2-1-B would be paired up with an FX7 because... FX7 actually handles the tasks while 2-1-B thinks about them. And stresses about them. And... Yeah, and he has his hydraulic arms. Yeah. Alright, so 2-1-B. Yay or nay? I'm I'm for 2-1-B. I wouldn't see why I wouldn't be. Wait, 4-2-1-B? Is that the more advanced? That is 4-1-B. I'm 6-2-1-B. I'm 6-2-1-B. 62-1-B? I'm the 62nd model. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it too. I think it, I think it's a cool, a very cool design. We've seen cool action figures, and uh, it helped out. Like his ego says, he he really did. He really is the most important person in the universe. And as as we end, I will read a quote from Two One B. I'm the most efficient medical droid in the galaxy, even more capable than the FX Seven, and certainly possessing a better bedside manner. 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 Wow. So. Not only are they buddies, they, they have something something going on in the bed that we didn't know about. <laughs> and an FX7 in the bedroom might be uh, probably more terrifying. I don't know. I no. I don't want any of them near it's got me. Lots of stuff going on. Look, he has better bedside manner, which is referring to <laughs> wow healing. I know he's a better doctor. Um, and he's also as egotistical as it gets. Yep. I didn't so, get that from his. It seems like a weird personality trait that you, you he's. He's compassionate, yet he's so egotistical. Yes, he's a nice he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. Well, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Star WTF. And join us next time where we will talk about something somewhat less important than this, I'm sure. Yes, you got it. See ya.